Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Circle of Ilm podcast where we share Islamic knowledge that caters to anyone and everyone. Through this podcast you will learn anything and everything about Islam from the basics to the advanced. And there will be something for everyone insha'Allah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So hello everyone. So today insha'Allah we shall continue with our discussion on how to read hadith. The last session we discussed the issue of the isnad. And we say that concerning the isnad or the sanad, it refers to the chain of transmission in hadith. The names of the people who have relayed the information from one generation to the other. And the importance of Isnad is so that we are able to identify the strength of an information through the trustworthiness and the recollection of those who transmitted the information. Now if that is Isnad, then the second portion of hadith is what you refer to as Matan. The Matan then is the information itself. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? What did the Prophet ﷺ do? What did the documents of the Prophet ﷺ testament? Now, if you look at the story of Isnad that we have discussed last week, the idea would be that scholars looked at the chains of narration and they criticized and critiqued and studied these people. And this is what you refer to as the criticism of Isnad. So you look at each and every individual that has carried information from one generation to the other and you see is this guy trustworthy or not is his memory okay or not that in the end would add up to the quality of the transmission now however scholars have criticized isnad know that scholars also criticized matan now what do we mean by that what we mean by that would be that just because a sanat is found to be sahih just because a sanad is found to be true, that does not necessarily imply that you can act upon that hadith immediately. Now, scholars say, Sihatul Isnadi la tastalzimu sihatul amal. Just because a hadith is sahih does not mean that you can rush into practicing it. Now, why is this important? Because also, as a principle in Islam, our scholars say, Lazimul qawli laysa qawlan. Whatever that you think a person He's saying might not necessarily be what he meant. You hear him saying something. You think that he means it in a particular way. Whatever that you think he means may not necessarily be what he is actually intending to mean. That's the point. So how do you know what the Prophet ﷺ truly meant? which affects greatly your application of that particular hadith. Now, this is what you will refer to as criticism of matan. So, there is a process. After the verification of the source, it is then the verification of the content. Now, simply put, this is where you would find something called sharhul hadith, the commentary of hadith. Now, let's try and look at this particular matter. To look at how scholars go about with trying to understand hadith, and I'm going to be using the example of the hadith that we've mentioned before this, the hadith of eating and the mannerisms of consumption and having a meal. We look at the Fathul Bari, which is a commentary of Sahihul Bukhari, and look at that particular matter. Now, when you look at that hadith of the Prophet wasallam, that hadith is posited in Sahihul Bukhari. And it is titled or presented under the chapter of At-Tasmiyatu Ta'am. The importance of saying Bismillah before eating because the hadith begins with that. The Prophet ﷺ tells the young boy, 
Yaghulam Samilla. Now here already, before even going into any part of the hadith, the commentator of this hadith, right, in Fathul Bari, he already begins, Alimah ibn Hajar, which is the commentator of this particular uh, book, he says, Sifatu tasmiyati min ahami ma yambaghi ma'rifatu wal afdalu an yaqula bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Now he says that saying bismillah and how to know bismillah is in fact one of the most important things that people all need to know. And the best way of saying bismillah. Because the Prophet sallallahu in that particular hadith says, Oh young boy, say, begin with the name of God. That's what the Prophet says. Sammillah, mention the name of God. So how are you supposed to mention the name of God before you eat? Is it that before your meal you simply say Allah? Because that is also part of mentioning the name of God. But here Al-Imam ibn Hajar he says, وَالْأَفْضَلُ أَيَّقُولَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ It is to say fully, بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ فَإِنْ قَالَ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ كَفَاهُ وَحَصَلَتِ السُّنَّةِ But if he would say بِسْمِ only, without saying بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ He would also suffice and he would also be rewarded for that particular practice. Now, Al-Imam Al-Hajar then he quotes other scholars. And in this particular section, he quotes Al-Imam Al-Ghazali Rahmatullahi Ali. Al-Imam Al-Ghazali Rahmatullahi Ali has a bit of a different opinion. He says that it is even Sunnah, according to Al-Imam Al-Ghazali Rahmatullahi Ali, that not only that you begin the entire meal with Bismillah, but each and every chewing or each and every time that you put food into your mouth, you actually say Bismillah again. So Bismillah, the second feeding Bismillah, and so on and so forth. Al-Imam ibn Hadad says, this is a perspective that some scholars do have and it's not too far-fetched, he says. Now, this explains that first portion. Now, the second portion then, in that particular hadith, when we begin that hadith, it is to say that the narrator, going back to that particular hadith, right, I recommend to be familiar with... Uh, Search websites for hadith. A simple one would be sunnah.com. So try look for sunnah.com and look for that particular hadith. Just type certain keywords and you will actually find it. Now the narrator in that particular hadith says, and at this point of time, kuntu gulaman. I was a young boy. Now the word I was a young boy seems to be rather ambiguous. Now, a lot of things will be affected by this particular information. So, some scholars say, does this mean that saying Bismillah is only applicable to a young boy? Or is this part of education that you teach the mannerisms of consumption and socializing at that particular young age? So, these are certain considerations. Now, here, Al-Imam Ibn Hajar al-Sqalani, he says that, ghulam. He says that, as for a ghulam, it is a child who has not yet reached puberty. So imagine that particular understanding that the Prophet would hang around, if you could use that particular terminology, with young boys in order to educate them. The Prophet wanted to ensure the establishment and the erection of a strong foundation for young people. That if you are familiarizing young people with good things, it becomes easier for them when they grew up. So that's the term kuntu ghulam. Now, and then he says, the narrator says of the hadith, وَكَانَتْ يَدِي تَطِيشُ فِي الصَّحْفَى And in the translation says, when that particular occurrence happened, I had my hand all over the plate. Right? 
Nama dia Tatishu in the Arabic language Ibn Hajar dan he explains. He says the word Tatishu simply means to move your hand around quickly. So this was the wrong that the Prophet sallallahu identified. That he was rushing into it. Now, as for the word Sahfa, I translated it simply as a word plate. But the Arabic language is a bit more detailed than that. They say that وَالصَّحْفَةُ مَا تُشْبِعُ خَمْسَ وَنَحْوِهَا As for a sahfa, that type of plate, it is a plate that would be used to accommodate for five people to eat. So large. And it is bigger than something called iqas'a. So here we see that not only that we have the detail of the child and what he is doing, but rather the type of plate. So imagine a large plate and he was going all over it. In the Malay world, we have a dulang. Imagine a dulang. The young boy comes in and he goes all over the plate. So the Prophet saw that. And the Prophet said what he said. And we know, he said, Ya gulam, O young boy, Samillah. Now, we've already talked about what Samillah is. How do you mention the name of God? So the first opinion would be that it is best to say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Imam Ibn Hajar then says, but if you say Bismillah, it would also suffice. Al-Imam Al-Ghazali, rahmatullah, he adds that if you actually say Bismillah for every two, not every two, but every time you put food into your mouth, it would also be Sunnah as well. That's the opinion of Al-Imam Al-Ghazali, rahmatullah. Ibn Hajar does not reject that particular idea. Now, what is the ruling then of saying Bismillah? Now, this is important. Now, imagine, right? You see this hadith, and you look at that hadith, or Ustaz says that there needs to be the Isnad. And an important tip would also be that at the end of a hadith, you also see like a footnoting to that hadith. It says Sahih, or Hasan, or Da'if, strong, accepted, weak. So I see that hadith and it's Al-Bukhari and it is Sahih. Now I look at the content and it says, the Prophet said to the young boy, say the name of God, mention the name of God. Now however, in regards to applying that particular instruction of the Prophet what's the level of legality? Is it wajib or is it sunnah? This is what we mean by not rushing into it, but rather there is a discussion. People who don't understand it say, no, anybody who does not say Bismillah is a sinner. Like, oh, why? Because the Prophet ﷺ commanded the saying of Bismillah before eating. It is wajib. Now, hold your horses. What's the discussion here? So this is where we comment. We don't comment, but our scholars comment and we read yeah, commentary. Now, An-Nawawiyu Rahmatullah says, أَجْمَعَ الْعُلَمَاءُ عَلَى اسْتِحْبَابِ التَّسْمِيَةِ And now he says that it is a consensus amongst the scholars that to say Bismillah before food is in fact a sunnah. وَفِي نَقْلِ الْإِجْمَاعِ عَلَى اسْتِحْبَابِ النَّظَرِ However, before reaching to this particular consensus, there was a bit of a debate, he says. So that we understand. Now, the debate would be that some scholars actually do find that saying Bismillah is in fact sunnah. Sorry, is in fact wajib. But later on it is found, it is to be uh, understood that the obligation status of saying Bismillah is not the case. Now, when you look at the second instruction of the Prophet ﷺ, it then says, O young boy, eat and begin eating by mentioning the name of your God, Allah, and then when you eat, eat with your right hand and eat whatever that is nearer to you first. Same thing here. So you're supposed to eat with your right hand and eat whatever that is nearer to you. That's the idea. Now what's the ruling of this? 
Now as for the first one to say the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the majority of scholars they say, and in the end they quote a consensus at the end of it that used to say that is sunnah. Saying Bismillah is sunnah. Now here, however, there's a bigger debate. A lot of scholars in fact say that to eat with your right hand is in fact wajib. And there's a huge debate on this particular matter. I'm not going to go into too much details. Now, what is the argument to say that eating with your right hand may be obligatory? There are many hadiths. And the core argument is that the Prophet wasallam once even mentioned that whoever eats with his left hand, he eats with shaitan. There is a person whom the Prophet saw eating with his left and the Prophet wasallam asked him to, to eat with his right. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I can't or I don't want. The Prophet then says that if that is what you think, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that this shall be the case until the end of your life. And that was simply what happened to him. Now, the severity of these ahadith and the seriousness of these ahadith led to a lot of scholars thinking that no, eating with your right hand is in fact wajib. And the core argument again is this, that whatever that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, some sort of attribution to shaitan is in fact haram. Is in fact not permissible. Now this is the argument. However, at the end of it, at Imam bin Hajar, and a lot of scholars then say that that is not the case. But rather, similar to how saying Bismillah in the beginning of a meal is Sunnah, it then means that from a logical progression, whatever that follows after that particular instruction of saying Bismillah also falls under the same category as well. So, if saying Bismillah is Sunnah, then to eat with your right and to also eat whatever that is nearer to you is also Sunnah. There's still a bit of a contention here and there, but some scholars in India reconcile by saying that concerning eating with your right, if a person can eat with the right, but chooses to eat with the left, he is considered to be a sinner. Right? There's always this particular argument concerning such. What about a person who is a lefty? Well, there's a psychological, physiological argument concerning it as well. Some scholars say that concerning being lefty, it is something that is natural, meaning that you're born with it. But the literature, literature seems to suggest otherwise, that being a lefty is something that is actually nurtured. So if you are now a lefty, there is a real possibility that you can actually change into a righty and the other way around. So that is why Indian scholars say that, you know, there's no excuse of a person to eat with his left hand. Unless there is a situation yang memang tak boleh, that a person cannot but use his left hand, then in that particular situation, he is forgiven. But if he does not have that particular excuse, but still continues to use the left hand, knowing that it is in fact an act of shaitan, then he's considered to be a sinner. Right? So it seems to me that the ruling of eating with your right is somewhere in between sunnah and also wajib. Now, the point of all this, without again going into too much detail, again, this is me just cherry-picking certain things here and there. The point is that one should not simply look at the hadith and act upon it without understanding. There's a study of what it means. There's a debate and a discourse going on. And only after the true understanding of a hadith within itself and comparing it with other hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that application of a hadith then begins. So Allah Ta'ala A'la wa'alam, yes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever that we learn is of benefit inshallah. I'll see you guys in the next session. And that concludes today's episode. Tune in again next week, same time, same place, same meet for the continuation of today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel 
so that you will be notified when a new episode drops. Do follow us on our social media platforms at Circle of Ilm for updates on future episodes and other topics. Uh, thank you so so much, everyone. I hope that everybody has learned something. And that's Assalamualaikum warahmatullah.